Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Amen. Welcome again, welcome again, welcome again. Uh, I, I believe that that's a work of God. And uh, sometimes God can have you do a whole word a live week just to do one thing. Yeah. Samuel went to Jesse's home. They called the whole clan meeting. People had to eat, be fed. It was like a whole party just to do one thing. So sometimes... I'm not saying that's the one thing God wants to do. God wants to do a lot more. But sometimes, when God knows that the only way he will get you to a place of doing something is for you to do something else, he will, do, he will get you to do that which you're familiar with so that he can get you to do that which you are not familiar with. And, and there are some people who are listening to me and you need to know that. You need to know that. Sometimes God will ask you to go pray in a certain place. And then in, with all your theology, you'll start informing God how he can hear you where you are. Okay? And yet when Jesus was raised from the dead, he was in Jerusalem, and he went and saw those guys, and then he told, and then he sent he sent one of them and said, God tell them that I'll meet them in Galilee. Galilee, that's a long way off, especially for people who are going to be walking. That's beyond ginger from here. You're like, dude, you can walk through walls. Why would you have us? You, you are the one with the capacity to go anywhere and you're asking us to walk to Galilee so you can meet us there? And they were wise enough to go to Galilee. So some of you, uh, I want you to please soften your heart. Huh? Because there are certain things that God wants to do in your life, but you're playing God too much. And you need to drop that title and let one person have it. Amen. This is day two of... Word alive, and we're talking about the spiritual man, and this is session two. It's going to be awesome. Thank you, Jetty and the band, Stuart, <laughs> and Josh B. will retain Timo for now. So, yesterday we talked about the spiritual man, and we laid the foundation for the spiritual man. And then we, our first point was that the spiritual man knows God as his father. Now, please go ahead and share this link, Facebook, YouTube, even Twitter. I think we are live on Twitter as well. Share with your friends, enemies, frenemies, outlaws, in-laws, family, and all of that. Because this is good. This is going to change your life. Amen. And as I speak, as I speak this evening... God is going to do some work in your heart and some of you are not expecting it. 
It has happened to me. You start watching someone and you're not expecting anything. And boom! You're ruined. <laughs> That's what's going to happen to some of you. You are not expecting some things. Some of you are wise and wonderful. You are very expectant. But some of you are not expecting some things and it's going to happen. So thank you for joining us again. You are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful saints of God. Uh, and thank you for being spiritual people. So today we are talking about the fact that the spiritual man knows the things of God. Yesterday we said the spiritual man knows God as his, as their father. And now we're talking about the spiritual man knows, knows. I'm almost tempted to use KJV English. Knoweth the things of God. You'll never be able to operate successfully and consistently outside the scope of your revelation. Revelation precedes fruitfulness or results. Outside of what you know, you are not able to operate. There is a reason you're not flying an airplane because you don't know how to fly an airplane. The knowledge that enables you to drive a Toyota Ipsum cannot enable you to fly an airplane, even if you pray in tanks. You don't have that knowledge. Okay? So, in spiritual terms, spiritual knowledge is called revelation. There's a difference between knowledge and revelation. Knowledge is acquired through the senses. You read, you listen, you see, you experience that knowledge. But revelation, on the other hand, is something breaking out of your spirit into your and flooding your soul or your mind. And it's an operation of the Holy Spirit. You cannot perform revelation. Revelation is a work of the Holy Spirit. Now that said, for the Holy Spirit to perform revelation for you, you must have knowledge. Knowledge is essential for revelation to happen. And revelation is essential for results and fruitfulness. So like we saw in the testimony, our sister who testified, she started putting in the word, the knowledge. And with sufficiency of the sufficiency of knowledge, revelation was possible. Give me Luke 2, 46 to 49. Jesus, the one we follow and are passionate about, and we told you yesterday that Jesus operated on earth as a man, not as God. That's why he needed to read the word, he needed to pray, he needed to fast. If he was going to operate as God, he didn't need to have do any of that. He would just say, let there be and there would be. But he had to go through all of that because he was operating as a man. Okay. Now, this wonderful Jesus, darling Jesus, at age 12, they went to the temple and then the parents, when they left, they thought he was with one of the relatives and they moved and they, they thought they would find him on the journey and they didn't see him. They came back to Jerusalem and looked for him for three days. Someone said days. Okay. Wow, I thought someone would help me say days. Three days. And then they finally found him. 
So it reads Luke 2, 46. Now, so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, this wasn't like good amazed, yeah? Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Now, I, yeah, 12 year old. I, I, I thought about that today and it occurred to me that his father's business was the word. Child of God, your father's business is the word. <laughs> Everything else comes out of that. You will never be able to perform outside of the revelation you have and you will never have revelation if you don't have the knowledge of the word. So Jesus said, did you know how to? Now this is a 12 year old who has sat for three days. Think about it, three days, what is he eating? Where is he sleeping? Who is housing him? Because sometimes we read scriptures and we don't think about those details. Did he have his own snacks? Was he fasting? The, those people he was talking to, did they go home at night? Or did they spend all three days in the temple talking? Good questions to ask ourselves. But a 12-year-old... This would be like Sinza. Three days engaging the scholars in the Bible, asking them questions and answering those questions. And they were amazed because his answers were accurate. He was correcting them saying, no, 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 no. When the Lord said that there in Deuteronomy, that's not what he meant. <laughs> Meanwhile, remember, this, this is at the time where the, the scriptures didn't have verses and chapters. So for you to know that scripture, let's say you were talking about Isaiah. You, need to, you, need, you needed to know the whole of Isaiah word for word. Because you couldn't reference and say, no, Isaiah chapter this, this says that. No, 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 no. You had to know where it is without a chapter or verse. And this 12-year-old knew where all that stuff was. And now you're 35. And now I am age X, trying to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, trying to be a spiritual man. That's why Jesus was a spiritual man, primarily. He knew the Father's will. He knew the Father's business. And the Father's business is the Word. Primarily, that's it. It's not worship leading. It's not ushering. It's not even evangelism. The primary business of the father is the word. Did you not know that I had to be about my father's business? One time, I was watching television. I've always known that by his stripes we were healed, by the way. That's First Peter 2.24. 
And I also know Psalm 103. Bless the Lord of my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? And I knew Isaiah 53. I knew all these verses. One time, I was watching television. Give me Romans 8. And Pastor Chris Oyakilome was preaching from Romans 8. And he was teaching this scripture. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, I pity those of you who read those versions that have been over-translated because you really can't tell what the scriptures are saying. But at least if you read KJV on NKJV, you know that they are sincere enough to put in italics that which they know wasn't there. They are just trying to figure out what could be there. Okay, and then verse 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now when you use verse 11 as the context and you go back to verse 10, because verse 11 gives you the context, and, and he read it like this. He says, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit gives it life because of righteousness. Because that is his italics. In other words, there is missing information. The spirit. So, because of the sin of Adam, your body is constantly trying to die. Because of the righteousness of Jesus, which you've received as a gift, the spirit is constantly giving it life because of righteousness. That's why it says in verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, not the, other, not the ones you'll get after the resurrection. This kind, the one, the one you have now, that's, oh my goodness. That day the Holy Spirit broke through and I got a revelation of my status of health. And it doesn't matter what you do to me. I will never, ever allow that I'm sick. Never. Never. It's impossible. It's no longer possible. Because I went from knowledge to revelation. It doesn't matter how much pain shows up in my body. The Spirit gives me life because of righteousness. Amen. Remember, it doesn't... The spirit doesn't give it life because of vegetables. Righteousness. Okay, that's a joke. Let's move on. Let's talk about knowledge. Let's talk about knowledge. First Corinthians 2, 9 to 10. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. This is quoting the old covenant where this is the truth for those who are old covenant believers who didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. That's why they wrote for them, the, non, the believers of the Old Testament, that no eye has seen, no ear has had, no mind conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And that part is also in, is in italics in, in, in your Bible to show that he's quoting a place. But then he qualifies it to the New Testament when he says in the next verse, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. But God has, in other words, in other words, the things which God has prepared for those who love him have been revealed. 
have been what? Revealed. Revealed. They have. They are not being revealed. No. They have been revealed. Now he says, I has not seen, ear heard, entered into the heart of man. That's the natural side of things. Seeing, hearing, experience. On the supernatural end, God has revealed them to us. Okay. Now I'm talking about the spiritual man. Because the spiritual man is spiritually minded, meaning that his mind is focused on what's in his spirit, not what's in his flesh. The spiritual man can easily see the things of God because they have been revealed by his spirit to our spirit. Remember the topic tonight is the spiritual man knows the things of God. So no eye has seen, but the spiritual man can see them. No ear has heard, but the spiritual man can hear them. No mind has conceived, but the spiritual man can think them. The things that God has prepared for those of us who love him. Knowing the things of God is the ultimate call of every Christian, of every believer. Because everything else you know is temporal. Everything. Can you believe that the things that are in the word of God, what you know in the word of God, will be there in eternity. Yeah. Everything else is temporal. Chlorophyll, photo, all that is temporal. Photosynthesis, covalent bonds, simanyima samsa, all that is temporal. But the things of the spirit are eternal. That's why it says, in the beginning was the word. Am I talking at all? So that's the ultimate call of every Christian. Why? Because there's no experience without revelation. Revelation precedes experience. Revelation precedes experience. If you don't know there is money in your account, you can't go to the ATM machine. No. That's why it's knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. He uses the term revealed, revealed, okay? Meaning that whatever is lacking in your life, in my life, is actually not lacking. It's already there, but we just don't see it yet. It hasn't been revealed. You know, like every Christian who has Jesus has healing for every kind of disease that will, that will ever be on earth. But sometimes Christians die of sickness. Why? Because you have it, but you have not, it's not revealed. He says, he became poor that you through his poverty might be made what? Rich, but they are broke Christians. Why? They have it, but they don't have it. Like you have it, but you don't have it. You have it, but it's not revealed. If I secretly put a billion shillings on your account, Timo, hallelujah. If, if you did not know that I've put that money there, you're going to continue here just going around around on a border. Uh, no, he doesn't use a border. I'm just using as an example. And he's my friend, so. Huh? Why, why, why are you nursing on a border? 
dust because of ignorance. Lack of knowledge. <laughs> the spiritual man knoweth the things of God. It's been revealed. That's why he says the entrance of his word brings light. That's revelation. Now, ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. Okay. Leaning into that verse, uh, Psalm 119, 130. Throw it, throw it in. It says, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So, revelation is light. Okay. If you don't know that, just accept it, then you can go and do your research later. Revelation is light. And light does not create things. <laughs> light simply reveals things. If you got into a room you've never been to and it's at night, you're going to get through the door and you'll have no clue what's in that room. Okay? Let's say that room has a boardroom table with 12 incredible seats around it uh, that are gold-coated and all sorts of interesting, really good things. You know, while you're still standing at the door, you don't know that that's what's in that room. So for, for those of you who don't read your Bibles, that's your kind, current status. Now, if you're clever, if you're foolish, you don't just go around and start feeling around the room. What's the first thing you do? You reach for the switch, and you switch on the light. Voila! That's when it even occurs to you how big the room is. Because you couldn't tell how big it is. Now, when you see that boardroom table and those chairs, please, please, I beg you, do not think that the light switch created them. Just because you couldn't see them before. You don't switch on like, eh? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The light simply reveals that which was always there. The light reveals the healing you always had. The light reveals the prosperity you always had. The light reveals the joy you've always had. The light reveals the peace you've always had and have never walked in. You've been there confessing how you have this, 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 the other. Simani what? Me? Biti? Peace? Abandon? Switch on the light. The light simply reveals. The light does not create the things in the room. It simply reveals them. I'm about to move uh, to the next level. But before I do that, I'm, I'm going to continue sticking with this verse, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10, because I'm in reflection this evening. He says that, but God has revealed them to us. How? Through his spirit. These things don't get revealed by arguing on social media. Can I give you simple wisdom, social media nights? 
never argue against a person whose results you don't have. Because their current results reveals that there is something they know that you don't. Huh? When you go all the way to Japan and start arguing with the CEO of Toyota Corporation about making cars, Okay. So he has, he, he has revealed them to us through his spirit. Through his spirit. Through his spirit. You need to become a friend of the Holy Spirit. He's the revealer of secrets. He says, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Now, when he says deep things of God, it means there are some shallow things, right? Why would he use deep if there is no shallow? Deep means there is shallow. Now let me ask you which side of the pool are you? Kubanga shallow, anytime you go swimming, on the shallow end you can hardly make it through the bodies. If you want to have peace, you need to know how to swim on the deep end. Because the church is packed on the shallow end. Okay? Shallow, 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 mungino. Okay? So what happens on the shallow end? On the shallow end, you have people who cross the Red Sea. They see this water parting like so. And then they get on the other end and start complaining how they want leeks and onions and what. That's shallow end stuff. Yeah. They crossed the Red Sea, they drank water from a rock, they ate man and quails, and yet they never knew God. That's why they died in the wilderness. You can eat everything God has to supply, especially through your men of God, and you will never know God. Why? You're shallow. This is what alive, this is not garage, in case you've tuned in and you're wondering. If you watch this later, this is not our Sunday service. This is what alive. Huh? Yeah, that's shallow end. All those people Jesus healed. All those people who ate bread. This bread was so good, they got into boats and crossed the lake to have some more of it. They were not there in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. Why? Shallow. Shallow. How deep does your dipstick go? Very few people are willing to seek the deep things of God. The deep things of the Spirit. Okay, now, again we are saying the spiritual man knows the things of God. Now I'm going to switch this up a little bit and say that the spiritual man knows the things that have been given to him by God. Why? The things of God do not benefit God. Yeah, the things of God are not meant to be of benefit him. Why would God need to know that I am the Lord that healeth thee? Like, of what benefit is that God? In fact, there are people who think that reading their Bible makes God happy. Forget it. He's the one who wrote it. Yeah, I'm reading my Bible for God. What? (laughs) Knowing the things of God automatically means knowing the things that are yours that God has freely given you. He says in 1 Corinthians 2, 11 to 12, 
For what man knows the things of a man except the man, the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. I think that no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Who knows the things of God, by the way, yeah? Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. In others, the things of God are the things that have been freely given to us by God. What are you lacking in life? God is not the one in need of healing, prosperity, wisdom, a great marriage. God is not the one in need of a promotion. God is not the one in need of peace. God is not the one who is, who is depressed. God is not depressed. The things of God are things, are your things. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Deuteronomy 29. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. In other words, before you do, there must be revelation. Revelation precedes experience. Why have they been revealed? That we may do. Why have they been revealed? That we may do. That we may do. That Moses Mkisa may do the word of the Lord. It has been revealed. Amen. The things of God are the things that have been freely given to us by God. Romans 8 says, He who did not spare his only son but gave him up for all of us. How shall he not together with him freely give us all things? He says, as this divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Second Peter 1, 3, 1, verse 4 says, verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. They are in a book called B-I-B-L-E that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hallelujah. The spiritual man knows the things of God and the things that have been given to him by God. Amen. Amen. Come on, people. Everything that Jesus died for is available to a spiritual man. Whether that's power, peace, divine health, prosperity, we already have these things. They are ours. We do not need to beg for them. We are no longer strangers to the promises. And the only difference between our current experience and our possible experience is the revelation we have not acquired yet. Amen. Amen. Now, knowing the things that God has given to us by revelation, let's look at Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Remember we said light is revelation. In case you're still wondering, I'm going to prove that shortly. 
for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Huh. English. Arise, shine, for because your light has come. In other words, for you to arise and shine, your what? Your light must come. Your revelation must come. Revelation precedes experience. For you to rise and shine, you must get revelation. And says, and as the result of that is that, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Psalm 119, 130 again says the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. How do you get revelation? Through the word of God. Knowledge, revelation, experience. That's the order. Knowledge, revelation, experience. That's what it is. The entrance of your words gives light. Understanding to the simple. It says in 1 Samuel 3.21 that then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. How did the Lord reveal himself to Samuel? By the word of the Lord. So arising and shining gives a sense of promotion, yeah? Like, like moving to the next level. Like removing whatever was hindering the person. The next level in your career, in your business, in your marriage, in your parenting, whatever that is in your relationships, in your heart, joy, just a bit of joy. Huh? In your finances, in your studies. I can assure you that there is a place that you haven't reached yet in your life. You are not having your best life yet. There are possibilities you haven't tapped into yet. There's a certain level of victory that comes by revelation, not just effort. It just says, arise, shine. Like, it's time. It's time. It's time for you to be revealed, unveiled, shown to the world. Yeah. Why? Your revelation has come. That... Your promoter is your revelation. <laughs> the only reason God already promoted you, and for you, the only distance between you and where you should be is the revelation you have or you don't have. Revelation is your promoter. That's this. Arise, shine. Why? Your light has come. Glory of the Lord has been revealed. The glory of the Lord is risen. Now, what's glory? Glory is the opposite of shame. Glory is the opposite of shame. Psalm 4, verse 2 says, How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? You see, those are opposites. How will you turn my glory to shame? Those are opposites. He says in Proverbs uh, 3.35, The wise shall inherit glory inherit, not inherit. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. In other words, shame is the opposite of glory. If you are wise, you inherit glory. If you are foolish, you inherit shame. 
He says in Habakkuk, I'm just bringing all this to prove that glory is the opposite of shame. He says you, have, you are filled with shame instead of glory. Now, why, why is this important to me to define it like this? Because every human being has experienced shame. Every one of you listening to me, you have experienced shame. Okay? You have experienced shame by reason of failure, defeat, guilt, or something you don't like on your body. Something you saw in the middle and you're like, uh-huh. so humanity is familiar with shame. Now, if it's possible for you to imagine the opposite feeling of that, that's glory. That's glory. And it says the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Why? Revelation. The knowledge of the world brings shame. That's why uh, in the natural, in the natural. So they looked at each other and they were ashamed. In the natural. That's what the, the devil does. Shame, God doesn't use shame to correct. Shame is the devil's work. And God constantly brings his word to say, Man, I just read. Yeah? Yeah? I want to come glory. Eh? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made glory. Do you know what causes shame? Poverty. Poverty causes shame. Have you ever had to beg? Told you not transport. Yeah? You're coming from rehearsal. Yeah? You look at the whole group program, Baba, which who, who of these might be is the you know how you approach someone when you're begging poverty causes shame that's why we fight poverty in this church because there is something called glory sickness causes shame that's why people don't go around shouting about their sickness People don't go around telling people their status of different sicknesses. Why? Because there's a sense of shame that comes with it. But God is telling someone today, today, today who has been experiencing shame the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Just embrace the light, the revelation. Light and revelation will unleash glory. Amen. Now, I want to, to qualify something here. Wow. Are we going to finish? Yeah. I want to qualify something. Because sometimes the opposite of shame can be understood to be pride. Yeah? Now, I, I got this when I was preparing. Pride is what you feel. Because when I was thinking about glory, I was thinking about like the Olympics. Yeah? When they put you on the top step. Yeah? You're the first among your competitors, your peers. You've shown. You know, like Lewis Hamilton. Winning, winning, winning. Now, when you come on the top step, you're being unveiled. And it's possible that to, for that to be glory, right? Now, here is what I had. Pride is what you feel when you achieve something significant and are recognized for the same. Glory is what you feel when God achieves something significant for you and then you are recognized for the same. 
Okay? So pride gets your chest swelling. Glory just tears. <laughs> I don't deserve it. <laughs> Not even Edison can correct that one. <laughs> oh, it chases me down, fight still, I'm found the 99. I couldn't earn it, Mijira. That's glory, that's glory. When you feel so good, how could God do it, baby? When I was in senior six, I lost my mom two weeks to the exams. Can't have. I was doing badly already. Yeah, my mock's results proved it. It's as if the results of all the other terms since senior five were not enough. Oh, in math, in physics, now those were supposed to be my main subjects to apply for architecture. So I'm like, eh? so I apply for architecture. I'm like, let's do this. Last moment, eh? <laughs> we enter, you're like, I'm going to put my feet in the water. I must go to Makiriri. Because in our class, somehow the fellas in the class had managed to divide up the class and allocated people where they were going to go. Yeah. Basically, yeah, those days there were not many universities. So when, when my mom died, ha, the recovery plan died. <laughs> the recovery plan died because I was so, what's the word? Yeah, I was so crushed. That's the crushiest moment I've ever had in my life. I remember it very well. I remember where I sat and how I cried. So we buried, went back to school. And then, the things the Holy Spirit does, by revelation. And let me encourage someone here. When you're operating by revelation, most times you don't know it. You only tell from results that that was God speaking. By revelation, I went back to school and I put aside the official books that we were supposed to use for our curriculum, which were Pure Mathematics by some guy there. Backhouse, yeah. I put aside Backhouse and, and there was this other one, Humphrey and Topping, the complicated one. <laughs> Mechanics by Humphrey and Topping. That one, you do one number for like two preps. For some reason, I put those books aside I borrowed a book from a senior five student called Understanding Mechanics, and my mother had bought me a red book, which was not the syllabus book called Advanced Level Pure Mathematics. Now, because I, I was so whatever, I didn't do prep properly. So I would go to class in the morning at 6 o'clock for about an hour and do numbers out of those books. When the exams came, the exact number, without even changing anything. Mechanics, three numbers from that book. Pure math, 
four numbers from that book. I'd done them in those two weeks. Fourth best in the country. That is glory. Because I couldn't go around saying, No. I knew, I knew who had done it. I knew I was going to stay in the village. If God hadn't come through. Yeah, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. <coughs> if God hadn't performed. Hey, I'm telling you. Glory, glory. So I shone. Why? The light had come. I didn't know it was God telling me to ignore the books I'm supposed to be reading and read the books I'm supposed not to be reading. Ah, time fails us. What shall we say about who? So, so anyway, let, let, let me finish this scripture of Isaiah. He says, Arise, shine, for your Lord has come, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. And then he says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. That's like what's happening right now. And deep darkness, the people. You know, when there are calamities and issues that people can't find solutions for. And then, child of God, see what he says about you. But the Lord will arise over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. They shall come to your revelation. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Mama, mama. Daniel prospered in Babylon. Supposed to be an exile. Different emperors came and went. Daniel was there. Saharas, whatever those guys' names are. Cyrus, Xerxes. Daniel was just going on, shining, shining like a star in a foreign country. He fulfilled his assignment. Joseph prospered everywhere he went. Potiphar's wife. No, not wife. <coughs> Potiphar's house, he prospered. In the prison, he prospered. The Bible says that the prison, whatever, the guy in charge of the prison turned over the whole thing to Joseph. Because Joseph was prospering. The prison was so good. I think people were attempting to commit crime so they could come and stay in that prison because life in that prison was better than outside. And then they got him out and he just took that environment and spread it all over Egypt. The environment on the inside of you creates the environment outside of you. Stop depending on what's outside of you to change what's on the inside of you. Instead, what's on the inside of you should manifest what's on the outside of you. That has to do with everything in your life, including your financial life right now. It's the inside that reveals the outside. Do you know what you're carrying on the inside? Or are you being shaken? by He says that Gentiles, the kings shall come to the brightness. Very important people will take notice of the brightness of your rising. Ma, 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 ma. B3, who is in this studio, has been getting very interesting invitations to go to interesting places to talk about interesting things that she's not an expert at. I'm telling you, when God is promoting you, eh, 
The devil can only cry. Yeah? Yeah? You shine and see. I'm not going to be no wet, hanging, hanging. You need revelation. A guy called Count Caliazzo Siano, who lived many years ago, said this Success has many fathers, failure is an orphan. If you want everyone to come around and say, ah, That's my son, in whom I'm well pleased, succeed at something. Yeah. Eh? Who is this guy who won 5,000? Uh, who set a record the other day? Chiptegay. Everyone is, <laughs> Chiptegay is on their status, whatever. <coughs> it's like, That's our brother, our man, our man, our man. Who's the other guy who won the marathon the other time and we lost it completely? Ah, remind me, we even named the water bottles after him. Kiprotich, yeah, our man. Kiprotich, ha, mana. Twaba kubye, twaba kubye. Twaba kubye, we beat them, we won, we won. You were on the couch watching TV. <laughs> but because someone has won, we are, we, it's we, it's we. When they win, it's we. When they lose, hmm, Baba Kubye. Oh, 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 get some light. Get some light. You need it. You need it. Huh? Do you know why you have no friends? Those who don't have friends. Okay, let me not go that direction. Just get up. Do you, do you want to have friends start reading your Bible? Just start. Get that book and stain it. Read it. Pace around. Walk around. That's what I was doing most of today. Reading it. Reading it. Reading it. Why? I want friends. Hard friends. Yeah. You, you want to be in the people want to see you. Huh? <laughs> the people want to spend time with you. Why? You, you have something. You carry something. When you carry something and people want to, when you can play like Timor, people want to come around and be like, show me that, show me that, show me that. No one is going to come around to show you that. Do something. Get a revelation of who you are in Christ and do something. Build something. Build a ministry that causes people to think there is a God in heaven. Start a business. Do something. Do something. Don't die an unlived life. Don't die an unlived life. Where you die, and life just goes on. People find out later and you were fat. Seriously. Refuse. Refuse like this people here are refusing. Refuse to die and unlive that. Do something where the day you go to heaven, the world will stop. And pause and say, a great woman is in his presence. People will say heaven has gained.
Do something. And guys, it's not complicated. Start in the Bible. Start in the Word. We are not asking you to go and strive to try and hustle, prove a point. No, 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 no. Start in the Word. Some of us, we know exactly where we would be if it wasn't for the Word of God. Look, look what Paul says. Second Corinthians, this scripture, many people know it in the opposite. For me, I, I saw something else in it. He says, unless I should be exalted above measure, Second Corinthians 12, 7, by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. The abundance of revelation Paul walked in exalted him so much it's a kind of thing where he needed to be given a thorn to be reminded that he was still human. He was like, lest I'm exalted above measure. Like, if, if there was a risk that people could start looking at me and putting me in a place I shouldn't be, which probably belongs only to Jesus. And so I was given a thorn to, rem- to keep me reminded you are human. And that thorn, by the way, wasn't sickness. It was persecution. Think about that about yourself. <laughs> the amount of revelation you have. <laughs> Can it cause you to be exalted? Not, let's, not, let's first forget above measure. Mm. Exalted, exalted, co, co, co. <laughs> A little, little. Huh? Small, small. Tomorrow I had revelation. I was being exalted. Small, small. Paul says that he was going to be ex- exalted, exalted, lifted, promoted above measure. Beyond that which is permissible. What reason does he give? Abundance of revelations. It wasn't abundance of work. Yes, I know the reason you're not reading your Bible because you have to show up at work at such and such a time and again the caller. You will work. You think hard work is the key? Try bricklaying. <laughs> Why does this look like I'm out of time? <laughs> okay. Ephesians 1, 17 19. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what's the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what's the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his might power. This people, Paul had already told these Ephesians, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He had told them, in him you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. He had told them, in him you have an inheritance. He had told them, you have all these things. And see what he's praying for. Revelation in the knowledge of him. Because you can have all these things and never walk in them. You can have all these things and never experience them if you don't have revelation and knowledge. Oh. 
Come on, is there anyone here? Yeah, 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 you can help me so we can make this quicker, quicker, quicker. Colossians 2, 2, 3 says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to, the, to all riches of the full assurance of understanding. Complicated verse, yeah? To the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom God, in God, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So when you're in Christ, what you should be seeking out are those treasures of wisdom. I'm tell you, child of God. Child of God. The life you're living now, if you don't like it, you can change it. Very easy to change it. Are you digging those wells for the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Meanwhile, these valuable things are not found on the surface. Yeah. You have you ever found people who are mining for gold on the surface? Eh, golo. Eh, golo. Eh, golo. No. <laughs> there is some digging. There is some effort. That's why things are not the way they should be for you yet. David was the anointed king and a man after God's own heart. But he took his son Solomon a man of wisdom and knowledge to take Israel to the heights that he took it to. Solomon, by wisdom and knowledge, never fought a single war, not even one. And yet he expanded Israel to, to the zenith of its glory without firing a shot. What kind of wisdom is that? David fought, fought, the Philistines fought, this one fought, fought. Hey, and God was like, man, eh? I know you want to build the temple for me, but too much blood, oh. Too much blood, oh. Just contribute cash and you go to properly. Solomon came and just took it. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't. Without a fight. Just wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. Orwanye chimala mgana watu. Orwanye chimala. Proverbs 4, 7 to 9. Proverbs 4, 7 to 9. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. He says, exalt her and she'll promote you. Not, <laughs> you treat wisdom like, eh, wisdom, Jolly. <laughs> Bible, <laughs> I read about twice a week. Wow, no promotion. You have to exalt her. You have to read the chapter of Proverbs every day. And she will promote you. He says, she will bring you honor when you embrace her. Omulaba wisdom, feminine bondi. Tums like this. My God. It says you place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Haven't we been talking about rising and shining for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you? Where does it come from? Wisdom. And knowledge. Proverbs 3 13 to 18. Now I'm finishing. This is the first one, by the way. I finished three times. I'm finishing. Happy is the man who finds wisdom, not hard work. And the man who gains understanding, not a hassle. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies 
and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days are in her right hand, and in her left riches and honor. I mean, how would you like that? Bakwa length of days. You know what that means? Health. You can't have length of days if you're going to fall sick, sick. So you have health, and then you have riches and honor. Now later what? My goodness. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness. Okay, there is having a long life and riches and honor, but sad. Eh? Ah, ah, ah! My God. This is too ideal. You can, how can you have length of days, cash to go with it, and then a happy life? Because her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Ah, 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 I'm feeling good just reading this. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. The other day, a friend, not a friend, now she's a friend, you know. Success has many fathers. She, she comes to my office, she's like, I've come to see you. I, I've come to give you a testimony. I'm like, testimony? Wow, yeah. People rarely come to give me testimony. They always come to be prayed for. Say, yes, give me a testament. Says, your book changed my life. Talking about straightforward financial growth, which some of you haven't read. Wow. Bless you. Says, your book, this, this person, serious business person, she's an accountant. She's a business developer. She helps businesses build systems so that they can run smoothly. And then she also has uh, bank agency businesses. And uh, many things, anyway. So she's like, your book changed my life. Hey, oh, hey. I was like, T tell me. She's like, I read the book. I found it in my sister's place last year, September. I picked it up, read it. And one, I started tithing faithfully. Say amen. I think what? I said, when January came, for the first time, I decided I'm going to do fast fruits. So she gave fast fruits. Not personal, business. She said she had to find money to pay her workers because she took all the proceeds of the business and gave the money away in January. Then February came and she was wondering, have I done the right thing? Lord, have mercy. So then she got some work somewhere. She had gone there. The moment they had started two weeks, COVID hit, they were sent back here. So she's wondering, what is going on? So in the lockdown, one of our workers calls and says, Auntie, may I can walk to work? I want, I want to walk to work and we open the shop. That, that's the bank agencies. She says, you really want to do that? Yeah, she says, okay, I will also walk. Let's meet there. So they meet there then a business started flourishing. Business started doing so well, their revenues more than doubled in lockdown. Now, for this other consultancy business of hers, all her clients were local. Their businesses had shut down. Then people started calling her from out of the country. People she doesn't know. Europe, 
West Africa. Do you do this? We've been told you do this. Yes, how much do you, will you charge? We have a thing for the, okay, $300 a day. Okay, $500 a day. Okay. Last week she was testifying that for the first time she gave a tithe of seven million shillings. Now when you give a tithe of seven million shillings, Uh, this is not for the year. This is in, on one deal, one payment. Kakati gwe edana fuba bufubi go obidese mu amanyi obidese mu heve work. Okay, you will no. I will not say anything negative. I'm out of time. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11, 6. This is and Angela, you better come now. This is the only way to end this. Even though I am untrained in speech, yet I am not in knowledge. But we have been thoroughly manifested among you in all things. Paul says he, he isn't a great speaker. He wasn't a great speaker, but he knows. And that's what set his ministry apart. Taking a public speaking course won't change your life if you have nothing significant to say. Social media has given us away. We have what Kamala calls foot-in-mouth disease. You speak before you think. Giving expert opinions on things we know nothing about. Gain knowledge. The spiritual man knows the things of God. As I close... Ephesians 4, 17 to 19 gives us the opposite case. It says, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you no longer walk, you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened in others, no, no revelation, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, no knowledge, because of the blindness of their heart, no light who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. A child of God without knowledge and revelation is setting themselves up to live like the Gentiles. Let me ask a question as we conclude. Can people easily tell that you're a believer? Can people easily tell that you're a believer? Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.